Coming up on the Gutschlein Podcast, we have an interview with Latre McCollum. I asked the players who their favorite baseball player is, and we have the Week 10 Player of the Week draft. And I have two things that we didn't mention that I want to add here at the top. Hudson Barrett currently is number one in NCAA Division One in ERA. He has a .72 ERA, three earned runs in 37-plus innings. And the Gauchos, after this weekend's games, are now number 11 in the nation in team ERA at 3.79. So wanted to make sure they get those things in uh, before you get to the rest of the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at Kyle's Kitchen, proud supporters of UCSB Athletics and the baseball team providing pregame meals for the Gauchos all season long. Check them out downtown on Chapala Street or in Goleta, two locations, one in Hollister Village and the other on Calle Real. Uh, go into Kyle's Kitchen, have a burger, some fries, an adult beverage, and make sure to say hi to Kyle. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. There's the one-strike pitch, and Mitchell bounces to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. And Curley pulls back the home run, and the Gauchos are going to win the game. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? Borgonio is back. He's going to turn and watch this one fly. A two-run homer for Clausen. And the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. Willits will make the catch. And the Gauchos are 2022 Big West champions. Bobby Christie. 5'11", sophomore from Odessa, Florida. As Morton drives this to center, hit pretty well. Bradshaw going back. He's at the track looking up, and this one is out of here. A long solo home run to center field from Brock Mortensen, and the Gauchos take a 1-0 lead. So eight on the season, and Brock has hit his 39th career homer. So go-ahead run in scoring position. Count is 2-0 to Landis. And here's a line drive to short, sinking, and it's caught there at the shoe tops by Nunez. And that retires the side. So Callahan, through six innings, works around the two-out single. Strands Peck at second base. We'll go to the seventh. Gauchos two, waves two. That should start Hallback from first. Left side of the infield, ranging up, outfield deep, shaded towards right field. Payoff pitch to Gonzalez, is swung on and missed. He chased one out of the zone. Looked like a breaking ball. And Ager works around the two-out error, has his fourth strikeout, and he's through five scoreless as we go to the sixth here at Triton Ballpark. Runner at first, Kane. One-nothing Gauchos, last of the sixth. The 2-2 to Brock Klez. Is a breaking ball swung on and missed. Egger with a nasty slider, perhaps his nastiest of the day, as he gets Klez for his sixth strikeout, back-to-back -back Ks after he hit Kane. And he has a shutdown inning. We'll go to the seventh. Gauchos one, Tritons nothing. Gauchos out hitting the Tritons six to three. Two one pitch, this is a line drive, and this is caught on the dive by Nunez on the backhand. 
Conant at about shoestring heights, full extension to his backhand side. And that is out number one. That's a big play there by the shortstop for the Gauchos, Corey Nunez. Nunez, not your average nine hitter. He's had great plate discipline. He's been able to go the other way. Hitting 315. Open stance. Waits for Martinez. Working from the stretch. And a pick to first, and here comes Sebring from third. This throw is not in time. Sebring steals home, and the Gauchos take the lead. And I want to say that the Gauchos sniffed that one out because Martinez is a little slow to first, and Sebring got a great jump from third. Again, Martinez lefty not looking at the runner at third, and the Gauchos steal home here in the ninth. Three to two. Sudica at third, two balls, two strikes. Bremner kicks and delivers, and this is strike three called outside corner. And Tyler Bremner comes in and saves the day as the Gauchos defeat UC San Diego here four to two in game one of the series. Brock had a nice day at the plate yesterday. A walk, a single, a sack bunt. Four homers away from breaking the school record. And he lines this out to right center. That's going to get down for extra bases. This might clear them all. Darby scores. Williams scores. Trimble will be held at third base. Two-run double Mortensen. And the Gauchos lead it 2-0. Here's the 0-1. And this is a base hit left field. Mortensen scores. Here comes Kirtley. He will score. Two-run single for Nunez. And the Gauchos with a five spot here in the first. Seeing that the Gauchos went Williams and Trimble against McCracken. And the Tritons known as Sona. Jonah lifts this high in the air to deep left. Back is Hackworth. He's at the fence. He's going to turn and watch this one fly. A solo homer for Jonah Sebring. And it's 6-0 Gauchos. Trying to gate this two-out rally. 2-2. Two -two. Change up swung on and missed. Gonzalez down on strikes and Barrett works around his own little jam as he walked Furman and Hallback with two outs to load the bases, but gets Gonzalez on a nasty changeup. Five strikeouts for Barrett. He's through three shutout frames and the Gauchos lead it. 6-0 as we go to the fourth. 3-1. And this is driven out to right center. Hit pretty well. Saunders moving over, looking up. This one's out of here. A solo homer for Corey Nunez. Opposite field, his first career homer makes it 7-0. <laughs> Gauchos now with nine hits. John swings away and drives it to right field. Klez is going back. He's at the fence. He's looking up. And he's going to watch this one fly. Two-run homer for Newman. Makes it nine to nothing. And not, here's drive out to right center. Hit very well. Mortensen is gonna put the Gauchos on the board with a two run homer. Out to right center, his 40th of his career. And the Gauchos strike first in the first. One ball, one strike. 
And Parker hammers this out to left center. Hit very well. Saunders looking up. This one is out of here. A two-run homer for Aaron Parker. Doubles the lead to 4 nothing. To a pitch is lined out to left center coming in and playing it on hop and it gets past Hackworth. It's all the way to the fence. McCollum being waved around. He will score. It is a double potentially for Nunez and it's 5-0 Santa Barbara. Score updates, Irvine in control 6-0 over Kansas State. Here's the pitch. This is driven to deep center field. Saunders looking up. This one is way out of here. Two homers for Parker. Basically to the same part of the yard in back-to-back at-bats. And the Gauchos have a run back. It's 7-2. Wow. Sudiga bounced out to short his first time. And he swings and chops it slowly towards third. Darby in front of Nunez. Gloves throws to first. J.D. Callahan with a 1-2-3 fourth inning. Here he's got a 7-2 lead. A couple of ground outs and a strikeout in the frame. He's got 7Ks and a five-run lead. We'll go to the fifth inning here in San Diego. But Martinez, you know, the Tritons are with their backs against the wall here, so they're going to their guy. 5-1 record, 15th appearance, 3.23 ERA, one save, 36 strikeouts, 10 walks, and 30 and two-thirds innings. First pitch to Sundstrom is hit high and deep to left field. Will it hit the monorail? Oh, I think it did. No way. <laughs> the trolley is hit by Sundstrom here on a solo home run off of Isaac Martinez. The crowd is going nuts. Wow. That was incredible. I mean, what just happened? Here's a swing and a miss by Mortensen, 0-1. We talked about light tower power earlier this year. How about trolley power? for Sundstrom, his 12th homer of the year as Mortensen lines it right field line, fair ball down in the corner. Digging it out is Klez. Mortensen will settle with a double as Martinez is greeted with a rude awakening. A homer by Sundstrom, which hit the trolley up on the, the rail, well beyond the left field fence. I mean, that has to go to Sports Center or something. Because that was unbelievable. Might take a you know handful of at-bats before he gets back to where he was. And he drives this to right center. That's going to get down for a base hit. It's going to roll past everybody. Kirtley on his horse. He's being waved around. Brett Hour will coast into second with an RBI double. There we go. It's back to a six-run lead, nine to three. Who came in to get the last out of the eighth inning. The right-hander rocks and fires, and Nunez drives this to right field. Back is Kalez, he's looking up. He's gonna watch this one fly. Corey Nunez with another solo home run. His second of the series. 
<laughs> All right, this is Logic Monitor pregame show. Standing here with true sophomore, first baseman, Latrey McCollum. Everyone's looking at you funny. Like, what's up with that? I don't know. I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> no, no idea. What's up, Trey? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah? Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Uh, you've had a pretty good year. Not too bad. It's it's gotten better as it's gone along. Yeah, most right? definitely. Most, most definitely. definitely. Most definitely. Well, let's talk about recency bias. Uh, you had a 20 game hitting streak. I don't yeah. know if you knew that. Well, so I didn't know that for a little while, and then uh, I didn't end up finding out I had one until it was like 19 or or however many games. So I was like, wow, like that's pretty cool. But yeah, it was a it was a cool streak nonetheless. What uh. The start of the streak started at Cal Poly. Okay. Right? Yeah. And then it, it went through the start of the Big West season and all that stuff. And it, I mean, it obviously when you have a streak like that, it coincides with, like, a, a change that goes for the better with your swing. Yeah. Or extra time spent in the cage. Right. So, like, was there, because you got off to a slow start. Yeah. You can yeah. admit that. Yeah. So, any, was there, were there any changes that you made uh, between the beginning of the season and now? Uh, that helps. Um, I think realistically, I really think it was just uh, me trying to chase good at bats more than trying to chase hits when I'm at the when I'm like at the plate. So I mean, I'm just trying to stay with my approach, my right center approach. And uh, as I just started doing that more and more, and just start trying to chase good abs and like leaving the right pitches and then hitting the ones that are elevated in the zone. Uh, I started just seeing more success, and then I just started trying to build on that every game. I would always ask myself at the end of every game, how many good IVs did you stack? And sometimes that's four, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's zero. But uh, at the end of the day, I was just trying to just stack as many good ones as I could and then just live with the results, whatever I got. Uh, so, it's so, so it's been more of an approach then? Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Right? Right. Yeah. It, wasn't like a, it wasn't like a swing change or, or a swing thought or anything like that? Yeah, no, it wasn't really a swing change. It was just more of a mindset approach thing. So, yeah. What about um, first base? New position for you. Yeah, uh -huh. did you. Did you ever play any first base in high school or in travel ball or any of that? So I haven't played first since I was probably like 13, 14 years old. Really? So it's been a while. Yeah. I mean, you're what, 15? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, no, it's been fun. I just, uh, just getting used to playing a new spot. And then uh, the coaches have been great, you know, uh, Erdy, uh, Chex, Ferg, all of them have just been helping me out uh, and just making sure this the transition's been smooth and I think it's gone really well so far, but still a lot to get better at. What has been, what was the play that was the easiest for you to pick up and what's been the one that's been the hardest to pick up? Okay, e easiest play to pick up was probably uh, runner on first, uh, bump play one. I mean, that's just the easiest one because I don't really have to do much. And I can just read the, where the ball is. Uh, and then the, the hardest play, I'd probably say, is um, I probably have to say the first and third uh, suicide or, or safety protection. I always would get the timing wrong in practice, and the coaches would always be all over me. But uh, I finally started getting it, like, right before the season started. Uh, and I still got a lot of work to do on it, but it's getting a lot better. So those are, like, those are like situational plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about, what about like, a, a forehander or a backhander oh. or a ball up the line? or? Yeah. Um, i said say the easiest play was probably, like, a backhand because I'm kind of just – it's kind of easier for me just to make a backhand play. And then the hardest ones are for sure going up the line. When I'm playing, like, 
a pull, I'm playing like uh, like slight pull or whatever, and the plays I get hit up the line, the balls are up the line, it's kind of hard for me to get. But I've gotten better at those too as the time's gone on. Because you came in uh, on Tuesday, yeah. you made that play at first, mm -hmm. up the line, yeah. and you, you came back and, and said, told Erdy, you're like, yeah. yo, I got that one dialed. Yeah. <laughs> I've been working on those for a while, and it's good to see it uh, to pay off in the game, but yeah, for sure. Okay, so uh, what's one thought coming into the series with UC San Diego? Uh, you know, we just got to come out here and uh, bring the energy early uh, and just chase good at-bats uh, and the scoreboard and all that other stuff will take care of itself as long as we have just good energy and have uh, good intentions going into the game. Running for uh, starting a new hit streak, right? Yep, yep. A new one starts today. What's the record? Uh, it's 35. I forgot who you said the name was. Uh, Ryan Spielborgs. Okay, okay. That's yeah. a na name to remember. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. 35. All right, so, so Road to 35 starts today. Yes, sir. All right. All nice right, thanks, Kev. Okay, favorite baseball player and why? Greg Maddox. He's always been my favorite player. Try to emulate my game <laughs> after him, you know, not going to overpower anybody, but make speeds, keep guys off balance. That's about Greg it. Max. I like Greg Max. Oh, yeah. Got a two-seamer? Deadly. Deadly. Yeah. He was my Twitter header for years. Uh, and then the COVID year before we played him, I had to change it because he was the coach at UNLV. <laughs> so can't fanboy too much. Okay, good pick. Jonas Sebring. Yes. Favorite baseball player and why? Oh, Nolan Arenado. Uh, pretty, pretty simple. You know, I think it was like five or six time platinum glove. I think like nine or ten gold glove. Pretty much done it every single year in a row. Future Hall of Famer. One of the best defenders, you know, in the game history of the game, and he's a almost 300 career hitter, I think. I think around 300. Just an absolute pivotal player, you know. Just strive to be as excellent as that. What about the swing where he's like stepping around in the box? Oh, dude, he—that's he, just him getting his rhythm, and then he just swings through the ball. So much extension. It's just—it's just beautiful to watch. Ever stolen home before? Has he stolen home? I don't no, you. Oh, me? Uh, yes, twice. So that was the second time? Yes. Nice. Yes. Love it. <laughs> Thank you. Justin Hahn. Favorite baseball player and why? Um, Austin Barnes because he's a huge team guy. Frank Camarillo. Yes, sir. Favorite baseball player and why? Uh, I'm a huge Clayton Kershaw fan. Um, I mean, I, I wear the number 22 after him. Really? That's why you're wearing number 22? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ever since, like, freshman year, I've always been number 22. But, um, fair player, just big breaker, and he was, like, the star when I was growing up. So, he was, like, why I became a pitcher. So, it's pretty cool. So you're, not, you're not left-handed, though. Yeah, I know, unfortunately. But, um, I mean, he's still my favorite pitcher. So. Okay. There we go. All right, Kurt, favorite baseball player and why? <sighs> Somebody gritty. I don't know. Not, not, none come, it used to be Derek Jeter because okay. he was just the best, and I played shortstop, and I just loved him. But right now, somebody's scrappy. I don't know. Who's scrappy? Give me some scrappy players. Does scrappy exist anymore? I mean, yeah, that's a debate in itself. There's got to be one, though. Probably like Luis Arias. Arias? Okay. I, I, he's not, I, you know, do you I know just love team, it. Do you know what team he plays for right now? Marlins, me. Come on. <laughs> kidding me? Okay, why, why Arias, though? Just because he's scrappy or because he, like, gets over 300? I just love it. I mean, the game's changed so much, and this homie just bat to ball. Doesn't K. 
And it, it's just, I, I, I like that it's just so not the norm, and he's just so good at it. Okay, I like it. Okay. I didn't get any other good Tyler Bremner, favorite baseball player and why? Oh. Um, Bo Bichette. Oh my God, Because uh, my parents are from Toronto, and he's, uh, he's pretty good, too, so. Boba Shet. Boba Shet. He's, he's, he's got a sick name, Boba Shet. Because he's drippy. Yeah. But you're a pitcher. This is my favorite player. It's All right. Player. Same like like 13 year old hair as well. Matt's coming after me, but I got Boba Shet. <laughs> okay. Uh, Matt Ager, favorite baseball player in one. Shohei Otani, because he's the best. Oh, we talked about that already. Yeah, you did. Yeah. All right, JD Callahan, favorite baseball player in one. Clayton Kershaw. He's the GOAT. <laughs> Need more than that. Grew up Dodger fan. Grew up watching Kirsch. That's about it. Okay. Uh, have you seen him pitch in person before? Oh, absolutely. In a playoff game. In a playoff game. In a playoff game. I don't remember when, but he dominated that day. I do remember that. Okay. Kershaw. So that's the second Kershaw. Frank Camarillo was the other one. All right. Sam Sam Whiting, favorite baseball player in Hawaii. Derek Jeter, because I think he's the best shortstop in the Yankees fan. You're a Yankee fan? Yep. Yeah, it's terrible. Why? Because of Derek Jeter and Mario Rivera. Start rattling them off. Jose Ramirez. So now you have two favorite baseball players. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Gary Cole. <laughs> and Gary Cole. <laughs> okay. And uh, Judge. Throw him in there also. Okay. Salvi. Okay. Have you been to Yankee Stadium? Uh, no. <laughs> Never been to New York. Fake fan. Never been to New York. <laughs> you used to go watch them every time they come to Oakland. Though. Okay. Okay. Never played the Giants though, really, so can't go there. Okay, uh, Josh Williams, favorite baseball player in what? Uh, my favorite baseball player is Aaron Parker. Yeah, I love watching Aaron play. That's good. He's so fun. <laughs> why? But why though? Like, he's just a fun player to watch. He's a, he's a He's a creative player, and he's. Very, is it? Yeah. Is it fun to watch him like? Throw his mask off and scramble to the backstop oh, when he misses yeah, one, and just yeah. going, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just." <laughs> no, I don't like watching that. I like watching Aaron hit backside home runs. That's fun. Like yeah. yeah. Okay, Aaron. My Parker. favorite baseball player: Alejandro Kirk, Pablo Sandoval, Prince Fielder, Big Poppy. Yeah, just the real ball players in the world. They don't need all the tools, but the tools that they got carry them a long way. You don't. You don't have to talk like really close to the phone in order for me to hear it. <laughs> all right, it's time for the week ten draft. Gauchos go 3-1 and one on the week after shaking off the walk-off loss to Pepperdine on Tuesday. They come back and sweep UC San Diego over the weekend. Three big games to move to 10-5 and five in the Big West Conference. As always, we have UCSB Analytics here, Devin Costner, Isaiah Ochoa, and Gianni Bloom. Quick update, real quick. Gauchos 25-12. and 12. 10 and 5 in the Big West Conference, as I mentioned, that's tied for second with CSUN, three and a half games back of Cal State Fullerton, who's in first place. Gauchos move up to 24th in the RPI at the end of the week, which is now third on the West Coast uh, behind Oregon and Stanford. So Gauchos right up there uh, in the thick of things in the RPI. Brock Mortensen was Big West Player of the Week. Huge week. I'm sure he will be a top prospect in this week's draft. Uh, 
and we have the vote results from two weeks ago. And remember, we did an anonymous graphic where we did not put the names above each one of the teams. And the results were stunning. Kev's feeling good about this one. Results were stunning <laughs> because uh, Kevin came away with the win. Uh, I think it's my first win in maybe four or five weeks. Uh, I had 35% of the vote. Gianni came in second with 30%. Devin had 22%. Isaiah had 13%. So the draft order will be Isaiah first, Devin second, Gianni third, and Kevin fourth. Uh, current score, Devin, you sit in first place with 14 points. Kevin and Isaiah tied for second at 13 and Gianni with eight uh, in last place. Uh, but he did join us a little late in case you are listening to this for the first time. He missed the first couple of weeks. So he's been uh, slowly creeping up the standings, getting closer and closer and closer. Uh, it was a exciting weekend to be certain, uh, especially with a couple of the moments that happened. We will get into that uh, in the third round of the draft. But first we will start with our hitter of the week. And Isaiah, you're on the clock. Oh, hard decision. Honestly, Kev, very hard. But I'm going to take B, Morty, 467 average, but we don't care about that because G has always said average is a dead stat. So we'll move on to slugging. He, bat, he On the slugging, he had 1,067. The on-base was 579. And we've been struggling lately on strikeouts. B. Morty only struck out twice in 15 at-bats, as well as he had five RBIs on the weekend series. Yeah, three doubles, two homers. Uh, I think he could have had – he could he probably could have won Big West Player of the Week just with his first innings, right? I think he, yep. had, he had a walk on Friday, and then he had a two-run double on Saturday and a two-run homer on Sunday. So – Getting it done in the first inning, Brock Mortensen. Pretty good pick. Also led the team in hits with seven. Yep. Uh, okay, who's second? Devin? Should be me, yeah. So with the, the second pick for hitter of the week, I'm going with the Cactus. Corey Nunez hit 333, uh, on base 333 and slugging 667. But the big thing that stood out was he hit his first collegiate home run, and then the next day he went – and did it again, hitting his second collegiate home run. Um, he went six for 18 on the weekend, four RBIs, 12 total bases. Just, I mean, some absolute power out of a guy you would not expect it. So pretty awesome to see him have two home runs on the weekend. That's why he's my hitter of the week. Yeah, back-to-back days, both uh, to the opposite field as well. So something he about – He hit that little uh, wind tunnel and it carried – but something about Triton ballpark where he likes sitting at the opposite field. Yeah. You so, might want to come play there more often. Then he, he was, he was feeling, uh, he was feeling extra prickly too, uh, because he, he flew out to the fence a couple of times with some G hacks. So Corey, and he had those Corey cool Nunez. new astronaut shades. <laughs> All right, Gianni, you're next. All right. My hitter of the week this week, I'm going with the guy that doesn't get enough love for how good and how consistent he is. I'm going with Xander Darby, 353 average on the weekend in the week, 17 ABs, six hits, scored four runs, holding down that leadoff spot for a few games. Uh, had an RBI, six total bags. 
as many walks as strikeouts. Just a really good showing from Z, uh, who just keeps doing it day in and day out. Been been consistent. Been holding down third base over there. So give me Zebo. Yeah, he he got it going. I think he should have had a home run too on on Saturday. That was Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was Saturday it's, first inning, I believe. First hitter. Yeah, because was that Saturday? I, I can't I, I'm getting these days. It, all feels... up. it was <laughs> but, no, yeah. yeah, it was Saturday because Devin and I were saying there's so many umpire meetings today. Okay. Cause I, I'm my my broadcasting position was looking up the first baseline. I wasn't, you know, directly looking up it, but I was way over there. And it landed in the construction area behind the fence, at least like a hundred feet beyond the fence. And it didn't land foul by very much, like maybe 10 feet at the most when it did hit the ground. And when it hit the ground, it hit the, it hit on top of the pile of dirt next to a, a, a backhoe out there. Like, (laughs) so you're saying that was a 430 plus foot foul ball. I just, I couldn't believe that it was a foul ball. I mean, they got to make that foul pole about 40 feet higher. The foul pole is a little short, but I just, I figured it was hit so high and so far, and it didn't land very far foul that it had to have crossed over in fair territory, was my thought. And it wasn't like hooking severely, but it was definitely drifting to the right. What I don't understand is how, like, if you don't have a camera angle that's going right down the third baseline, how you can – or right down the first baseline, how you can overturn something you can't. like that. That's what I'm like saying. I, like, like, I feel like it was just kind of, like, a wasted, like, like five to ten minutes of them talking about it and watching the video just for there not oh. to be, like, hard hard evidence. We don't but, need to be – we don't need to get super critical here, but it is <laughs> it is no, difficult. Yeah, it is difficult to review – home runs fair or foul with a four man uh video or a camera crew. It's just it's you're not gonna have an angle. It's gonna be way too hard. So it was like the Curtly one a couple weeks ago where it was just you're just not gonna have any angle on it. So I don't I don't have an issue with them looking at it and ruling it foul after replay, but I think it was uh it could have been it could have been fair. So Z could have had a better Very week. diplomatic. But he came back. He came back and got a single in the AB. So, salute you, Xander Darby. Good pick. So I'm I'm also delaying here because I don't know who I want to pick for this fourth pick. I'm between two guys, and there's Whoa. two different routes that I want to go because I I probably won't be able to pick one in moment of the week, but I definitely will be able to pick the other. So it's do I want to get one, but then not get the moment? Or do I want to double down? Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to double down because we did. I did talk to him, and he's on the pod before you guys. Uh, I'm taking Latrey. Hit 385. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Had a was on base five times on Saturday. He was uh, five for 13 on the weekend. One RBI, three walks, uh, stole base. Uh, had a diving stop at first as well, um, and he restarted. A hitting streak, so he's currently at three. <laughs> so that's nice. my hitter of the week, Latrey McCollum, and he's just yeah, he just continues to get on base. He's a machine, um, and he's been dynamic in the lineup. So that's my pick. Moving on, nice. 
to pitcher of the week. Again, a couple of routes that I could go. <laughs> All right, I'll go. I'll go Hudson Barrett. First collegiate start, five shutout innings, three hits, eight punchies, two walks. Got the win on Saturday, and it came off of a, a win that the Gauchos needed on Friday. And in a game that they needed to show themselves that, yes, they do belong here. Yes, they can win series. They can win series on the road. And they can show up and play against a good team. And they can pitch against a good team. And Hudson Barrett came to play. Uh, after throwing twice the weekend before, uh, you know, multiple inning appearances comes out and throws five shutout innings. Isn't, as fr- isn't afraid of the big lead. And and gets it done. So Hudson Barrett is my pitcher of the week. Gianni. Great pick. I just want to add one thing there. He told me after his outing that was the first base hit he'd given up since Oregon State. Wow. The first what? Extra base hit? That, he said he that double he gave up later in the game was the first extra base hit he's given up since Oregon State. I think that's I think that's probably right. That's uh that's unreasonable there. That game was in February, FYI. Listeners. <laughs> that game was in February. <laughs> so All right. And I don't I don't want to jinx anything too, but I remember like And like, don't say uh, it. Don't say it. If you if you're, you're going to jinx it, then don't say it. All right, all right. Thank you. Well, I don't really believe in jinxes, but like I guess since you guys But you do don't want to jinx it, so you do I won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. What do you want to say, Deb? What do you want to say? No, no, I don't want to, oh. I'm not going to say I can't say it now. I can't say it now. I guess the listeners will never know. You made me nervous that you're going to say it. You never know. All right, Gianni, who's your pick? I'll say it. All right, my pick. Okay. My pick for pitcher of the week is Matt Ager. One start, went six innings, only given up three hits, one earned run, had six punchies, uh, came out and really just set the tone on Friday night. Had some track, pitched through it all, and just did a really good job. And another outing where he doesn't give up very many hits. So, as the road broadcasters say, give me the egg man. <laughs> the egg man. Good pick. I, I, I'm i I'm stuck between a couple of people here, so I think Oach might potentially get someone. But I'm going with Tyler Bremner. He came in big spot Friday night, only threw one inning, but he – Came in sitting 94, 95 miles per hour, got a strikeout, gave up no hits, and closed the game to give us a massive uh, Friday win to help set the tone for the weekend. So Tyler Brunner is my my pitcher of the week. Wow, nice. you better take you better take the wizard, Isaiah. Oh my God, I forgot about the wizard. <laughs> no, I was, like, I was like, well, wow, G didn't take him. Devin didn't take. Him. I was like, okay, we, Isaiah better take him. No, oh, I'm not man. taking him. I'm not no. gonna take him. I'm gonna take my boy, my lefty, Carter Benbrook. Let me wow. his glove for BP. Huge. It's a personal pick for me. You know, it's a politic pick for me. So Carter Benbrook, zero ERA and three appearances out of the pen. Went three and one third innings, only giving up two hits. 
one run, but it was unearned, and it's only limiting two walks, one strikeout, and the team only batted 200 against Carter. I mean, big shutout innings out of Carter. Checks called upon him in very critical situations this weekend as well. So thank you to Carter for coming out of the pen and shutting and for the glove. Okay. It is it is a good pick because the Gauchos reached off from the rotation. They need a guy to come out of the bullpen first, and this weekend it was Carter, uh, and he got the job done. Uh, I'm going to apologize to JD personally right here, right now, that he wasn't picked <laughs> in this this round. So Gianni, can Stop you the count. can you do honorable mention, please? Can I can I change my pick with with all due respect to Matt Ager? I don't know if that's with allowed because that, that's that not allowed. Change my pick. That's the, not pick allowed. the pick is in. The pick it's is like a chess game. Right. Once you let go of the piece, you can't. Honorable mention. Back. Honorable mention. This is when this is when Kev puts his magic editing skills on right now. <laughs> no. Oh man, JD, I'm sorry. I'll give you a little spiel on you. I'm gonna I'm gonna lobby to get you as my pick on the graphic, but JD going two starts on the week started Tuesday at Pepperdine, and then quick turnaround for Sunday against UC San Diego. Had a four point three five ERA, but really had some good outings and ate a bunch of innings without giving up very much damage and very many. We got ten point ten and a third innings pitched, nine hits. Five runs, but we had 11 punchies from J.D. And even the runs he gave up, a couple guys ran into some balls and, and some late rallies. But, I mean, he did a really good job of keeping us in games and giving us a chance to win a couple. Uh, and showing some rare emotion on Sunday at UC San Diego, getting fired up. Uh, it was really cool to see him go four and a third or so, seven punchies, and, and just keep building on the momentum he's been putting down here. So, J.D. Callahan, the whiz, was off. Yeah, thank Billy you. Billy Armas. <laughs> All right. Uh it's shout Isaiah. out shout out Janae, his mom. She listens. So shout out Janae. JD's she does. Mom. And his uh and his uncle came and said hi to me uh on Sunday, who also listens to the pod. So shout out Callahan family. Isaiah, it's your turn to kick us off for moment of the week. So which one are you gonna go oh. which one are you gonna go with? I mean, this is very hard. I mean, I didn't see it off the bat as G said earlier when we weren't recording I was on so you didn't see it doing... so you can't pick it i saw <laughs> the most important part of it all right and that was jared hitting the trolley uh you know going back to bp on thursday talking to carter he said hey this, can you think someone could hit the trolley and go yeah you know it's possible it's possible come sunday jared proves it was possible saw it with my own two eyes been all over twitter today all over my Twitter feed, Jared showing off the muscles, you know, and then getting the kids excited about baseball. It's always huge too. So shout out Jared for getting the kids involved in baseball and making something seem impossible be possible. So I want everyone to tell their trolley story. Where were you sitting? What was your reaction? What was your body language? Devin, you're sitting in Isaiah, so... I just remember like him coming in and in my head, I didn't say, I'd be like, this would be sick. If you just home run first batter off the new reliever that just comes in and then first pitch just demolishes. I remember watching it go up and then some people murmuring behind me, like, is that going to hit the trolley? Is that going to hit the trolley? And then bang, it hits it. And everyone's just going nuts. And like after that, every single time, one of 
like our power hitters came up or if the trolley was going by all the kids and even some of the parents were like oh like i hope the pitcher doesn't throw it yet or wait pitcher wait let the trolley get closer or oh hitters gotta hit it this one and it's like now that they got they Sonny got all of the parents and kids hopes up every single time a trolley came by after that, hoping that it would happen again. So that's my that's my uh, off the trolley story. That's awesome. G, you're in the dugout. We the three of us were not in the dugout, so you're the only one on this pod who was in the dugout. What was going on? So, yeah, so the, a bunch of the guys are on the rail. I'm doing a little chart. We're on the rail, and you're just kind of watching. You see it all. You're kind of watching him walk out of the box. You see the ball, like, you know immediately it's a homer. So there's, there's that initial kind of reaction of, like, oh, my goodness, he got that one. And then everybody's kind of watching the ball fly. And there's this moment when it's, like, halfway there where the whole dugout starts to realize, like, no way, no way. And so you hear people start saying, like, it's all late. Like, it's going to hit it. It's going to hit it. And then everybody's kind of realizing it. And then it smokes the window. And everybody's hands throw up, like, the crowd – like is audibly like, oh my god! Ernie's hands go up in the air at third base. Like it made yeah, Mark- me, like everybody just felt like a little kid. Like no way. Yeah. To to go back to my story, I I was talking to Marsh too, and he's like, he it was me, Marsh, and I think Sonny's like, yeah, sorry, Sonny, I didn't high five you. Like I was too busy watching the ball to see if it hit the trolley. <laughs> like people are looking at each other like with their jaws open, like. There's no way that just happened. A lot of uh, surrender cobras, this both hands on head, like, and not just for like a second, like a, all right, we're gonna we're gonna elbow the guy next to us because we're looking around. Like, did you just see that? Did you just see that? The disbelief cobra. <laughs> it the you I think you hit it on the head, G. Like, there's a the cheer like when it goes over the fence, but then there's the the different audio that you hear when it hits the trolley when everybody goes like oh or wow or like what like instead of a cheer it's a it's a oh my gosh like wow i can't believe that and that's that was my reaction and i I call i in the moment i called it a monorail it's not a monorail i apologize it's a trolley it is the san diego trolley (laughs) uh and then, and like I was like a lot of like Latre's family was around me and and some other families and they were all standing up, hands on head like it hit the trolley, it hit the trolley, and then the same thing like next guy comes up, there's another trolley coming past. They're like, oh, here comes another trolley! Like, watch out, they're gonna hit it again! Like, it was insane. And like two, three innings afterwards, people were still talking about it in the crowd. It was just amazing. It was the coolest thing. One of the coolest things that I've ever seen at a ballpark. Just awesome. So good for you, Jared Sundstrom. We are so happy that that happened. Because I mean, I'm, I'm, from an analytics point of view, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that we didn't get numbers on it. But at the same time, it's like, we'll never know. Could have been 500. Could have been 450. Could have been 550. I mean, this is so... This is part of it that I want to talk about too, where it's, I'm also, I'm happy that there was no track man on this. There's no solid distance because everybody's going to have a different number. Everybody's going to have a different story about it. Yeah, it's we were, going to we're, go down in folklore as, we on the, the as the trolley homer, right? Yeah, we were on the bus after and like, 
I, I think I, I don't remember who I was talking to, but someone put out their phone, pulled out Google Maps and did like distance <laughs> measurement. Like they did it from home to like the location where it hit, like on the, the like the trolley. I'm like, okay, so that's about like 420. And so then if you have to add like the 100 feet up of how the trolley is, that's got to be another like 50 plus feet. And everyone's like, they're talking loudly enough that like you can like visually see like four or five dudes try to like, do some like calculations in their head to see if they can like estimate a number and then someone's like oh it's had to have been 450 someone oh had been 470 and so yeah i mean i get this is exactly my point and after the game i I ran to bill oakley uh and mr whiting and we were all having the same conversation like bill's going isn't that the that rail's like what 60 feet high and and it, it the it was the far trolley it wasn't the close one uh you know how far is the how far is it behind the fence like we're having these conversations to try and guesstimate and that's the beauty of it we can't just look up at the analytics crowd and go wait how far did that go yeah i don't even think it would have gotten it in over and done with it would have been in the bermuda or what is the the bermuda triangle yes bermuda triangle triangle of our track man apparently the broadcast team of san diego someone tweeted it that they said the broadcast team projected it to be 470 so it's a a healthy number i mean i I would i would venture closer to five i mean in a bunch of bp sessions there over a couple years i've never even seen anybody get remotely close to hitting the track right (laughs) Like I, I don't even know if most people thought it was possible. <laughs> so and not only did this man go hit the like it would have been awesome if he went and hit the track, but he goes he hit a moving train. I wish there was a video of someone on the train. I would say he hit a moving train. Like there was, there were videos of uh, like Jared's friends like down the left field line and like the the side area. Like those are cool videos, and like there's a couple of videos from the stands where you get like the crowd reactions. It would be epic if there was somebody with the camera phone who was recording the game as it happened in the train. That would be the coup de gras. But uh so yeah, uh earlier we had earlier this year we had Ivan Bredauer hit the light tower. So Bredauer has light tower power. Jared Sundstrom has trolley power trolley power so thank you jared sundstrom thank you second pick yeah i mean uh, (laughs) still a good pick still what i have is a good pick but i mean i don't think anything from even all the past moments we've done i don't know what could have topped that um but with mine i'm going the sebring stolen base to home on friday night it's top of the ninth, 2-2, runner on first and third, one out. Uh, and the pitcher, lefty pitcher, picks off to the first baseman. A little bit of a low throw, kind of, uh, Oach's term, handcuffed the first baseman. And Sebring, as soon as he saw that ball, the pitcher's hand took off and made it in safely. And that just was a massive momentum swing for us because, I mean, me personally, I don't think I've seen many people ever steal home. I've only really seen them on, the, on like, Instagram videos and on social media. And so I think the momentum swing and just the, the just stealing home was pretty awesome. So that's my moment, moment of the week. Yeah, and Jonah had 
he had committed the error in the seventh, which allowed the two runs to score for uh, San Diego, which tied the game. So they scored two runs in the seventh on no hits, and there was the big error. And Jonah comes up in the ninth, leads off with the double, makes it to third. And I was talking to Spencer, Birdie, after the game, and he said when Jonah got to third, he comes up to him, like, steps on the base, is, like, jumping up and down, goes, man, Erdy, like, I feel the fastest I've ever been right now in this moment. <laughs> like, so fast. And it was still just a runner on third at that point. And he said, I I think if, if a runner goes on first, like, and the lefty on the hill, like, if they pick over, like, I, I might have to try and steal home. And sure enough, next batter, intentional walk, and the rest is history. And there, there were a couple, I think there were a couple of picks. It was like one or two picks before that he went. And he was like, all right, if, 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 if he throws over a third time, I'm gone. And gave him the green light and got just took the lead. So yeah. big moment for sure, because that won the game. Yeah. That won the game. And it was Gaucho's playing Gaucho baseball, like recognizing opportunities uh right like using their speed using the details of the game to their advantage and and their speed and their instincts and it won the game so needless to say i think it was probably a more important moment than the sunstrom homer but well, let's hope, let's hope the listeners uh Agree with that statement, and they, they <laughs> when they make their <laughs> when they consider it for their vote. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see that. Okay, G. I mean, people people talk about people talk about hero ball. There, Jonah was playing hero ball in, in the best possible way in yeah. that inning. It was it was awesome. Um, there, there's there's fewer things that are more thrilling than stealing home. Yeah, for the lead in the ninth. Yeah. For me, my moment of the week, there's a couple options, kind of torn. You know, there's a big drop-off after those first two in theory. I'm going to go Brock Mortensen's first innings. Nice. We got the Saturday, two RBI double to clear the bases just about. And then Sunday, we got the two-run homer, um, having a lot of good ABs and just starting the game off with a good punch. I like, it. I, I, I like where your head's at because my pick is something kind of along that line. But I'm going to go with uh, Latre McCollum extending his hitting streak in games that he starts to 23. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Hitting streak in games that he starts 23 games. <laughs> so good work, Latre. Yep. I, got, I got some uh... – Honorable mentions. Yeah. So I got a Corey Nunez diving catch at shortstop against yep. San Diego. Um, I'm pretty sure Trey had a diving diving catch, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. He did. And then another one in the Pepperdine game, although we might not have won it. Uh Jonah did have a really good defensive play. I'm pretty sure it was a Again, yeah. single into like like the dead area of like center field and behind second base. And there's a runner. I want to say it was on second base and then it drops down. It was on first. It was on first. 
He was on first. Yeah. Two outs, was running. Third base coach sent him. Sebring from like shallow center field, just gunned him out um, at home to, I think that was to keep him from taking the lead. I don't, I don't remember exactly all the details, but that was a, that was a great was bottom play. Eight. It was what? Bottom of the eighth eight, inning. 1-1, one, one, I believe. Yeah, so I mean just. Or 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Great play to, great play to keep us in the game, even though the, the ending result wasn't what we wanted. Yeah. What that was the second time? Shady being in the lineup to start Saturday. <laughs> what about that one? That's just some uh, some gamesmanship. Not knowing who the second pitchers are going to be. But that's the second time. That was the second time that Jonah had did that uh, in a matter of a few days because he did it against Irvine on a pop-up down the right field line in a tight game. Where he, he wheeled and, and threw home to gun out a guy trying to tag from third. But in the case of the Pepperdine, it was run on first, two outs, and a blooper that fell. And he just grabbed it, wheeled it, and threw it home. Pretty awesome. G, what do you got? I got uh, my honorable mention is Aaron Parker going for the Pairs. He has a two homer game on Sunday. Uh, and then in the eighth inning on Friday, throws out two base runners in a tie game. The meat missile. Heck yeah. Okay. Hardest hit ball of the week. Um, oh. We don't have any metrics on this. So I test for these ones. I test. And since I'm picking first, I'm going to pick Sundstrom because he <laughs> hit it through the trolley window. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. All right, next one. Gee. Uh huh. Give me uh, one of those AP ones were linias. I call them. Yeah, I said got... that they were scorched. <laughs> they were scorched. His homers. They absolutely were. I, I got to take the the meat missile homer that went almost over the batter's eye. Just yeah. that day, I was talking to Welch Cheater and BP, and I said, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody. Hit one over the batter's eye here. I don't even know if that's possible. And then in that same BP session, AP cleared the batter's eye and then just about does it in the game. So give me that one. That's a good pick. I I got – I'm stuck between two again, but I think I'm going to leave the one that I think won't get picked so I can bring it up in honorable mention. But So I'm going to go with the Nunez first home run. I mean, I just feel like – you got a piece of it. The wind might have helped a little bit, but I think it'll look good in the graphic. Uh, Nunez's first home run, too. So, yeah, his first one out of two. That's my uh, first hit ball of the week. I'm going uh, to take a guy that hasn't been in this category for a little bit due to injury. Comes back, hits a one-hopper to the shortstop. Shortstopper can't handle it. Mm. One hop, hits his chest, goes to the outfield. No chance. Ivan Brett Bowers. Single. It was marked as a single, not an error, because he hit it that hard. That yeah. was gonna be my honorable mention. That I, that one had one. been like 110 plus. Like Dude. he just smoked that thing. I don't think any shortstop had a chance at that. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it, it like it knocked <laughs> Sudica a few feet back into the outfield as well. So All right, that's Pierre. why big leaguers get the bit bucks there. You gotta field that one. That's right. <laughs> 
That's right. Pitch of the uh, best pitch of the week, Isaiah. I'm gonna go with Dev. I think you have like a miss, like read on Warren's fastball because he has seventy three thousand percent on the called strike swinging. <laughs> yeah, you can probably go for that one. <laughs> seventy three thousand percent. <laughs> I can oh, I can go God. I can go in and fix it if <laughs> if you're gonna pick, I'm, a, gonna I'm not gonna pick that but I'm gonna go the wizard uh Kev said to choose him in pitcher but I'll choose him for best pitch Callahan's fastball had eight Ks with the fastball sixty three percent of it was a strike twenty five percent was the whiff and batting average against his fastball was one seventy four Dev uh I'm going with Ager's slider, he threw 38 times. Three of his eight strikeouts came off of it. He threw for a strike 76.3% of the time, which is insanely high. He got a 35.3% whiff, 47.4% called striker whiff, and then people were hitting zero off of it with a .091 OBP. And then since they were hitting zero off of it, that in terms means zero slugging. So Ager's slider is my pitch of the week. Just a little bit of simple math for some people that if they don't get a hit, they can't have any slugging off of it. G. Give me the Barrett changeup. Through 25 of them, five punchies, 67% whiff on that. That's good for those keeping score at home. <laughs> 125 batting average against. 250 slugging against. We talked about that one double was the first one in a while, a little flipper. Uh, Hudson Barrett just continuing to dominate. All right. I'm 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 taking the 73,000 call strike <laughs> whiff percentage on the morning fastball. <laughs> That's my pick to round out the draft. Good work, guys. Uh, I mean, it was... It's on me. I'll, I'll make sure I clean up. I'll clean up my act next <laughs> no, week. For the, the no, that's okay. That's okay. Reed, Reed Dunn's back. He, he was great. Uh, this weekend, I think he needed a a, a solid appearance to, to build some confidence on. Uh, but we we saw a lot of a lot of great things. Gauchos were playing Gaucho baseball. Saw Hudson Barrett in a new role. Saw Tyler Bremner in a new role. Matt Ager being Matt Ager. Uh, we saw Corey Nunez hit two home runs. Like what? Aaron a- AP? How about AP with a a little batting stance adjustment on Sunday? G, what do you got on that? <laughs> I mean, he, he just goes from no stride whips out the uh, kind of standing a little taller back to the stride, hits two homers. I think for AP, if he ever needs to hit a homer, he just got to change his stance because that's two times he's busted a new stance out in the game and homered. Home. Yeah. <laughs> Homer twice, true. even. Yep. On back to back ABs, back to back innings. So. so if he just changes the stance, he'll, he'll homer twice in every game, I guess. Maybe. Maybe he'll unlock something. And JD, JD Callahan, two starts uh, on the week, 10 plus innings, just outstanding stuff. He didn't have his first start until three weeks ago. So JD, the veteran, you know, he, he was waiting his turn and waiting for his opportunity. And he's, he's gotten his opportunity and he's taken advantage. And it's been a huge, huge boost for the team. Okay. That'll do it for us this week. Gauchos will be at home against UC Davis this weekend, 5 o'clock Friday, 4 o'clock Saturday, 1 o'clock Sunday, just three games um, all at home. Reminder, there are only eight more home games left uh, at Caesar Wasaka Stadium. 
Dang. Five five weeks to go. Three of them are on the road. The two home series, Davis and Cal Poly, two midweeks against Cal Baptist and LMU. So if you haven't been out to a game yet, uh, only eight more chances to do so. Uh, hope to see you out at the yard. As usual, Devin, Isaiah, Gianni, nice work. Uh, see you guys at Thank the yard. You. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you to our sponsor, Kyle's Kitchen. Thank you to Latre McCollum, all the guys who I talked to about their favorite players. Thank you to Devin, Isaiah, and Gianni as well. Uh, it was a great weekend down in San Diego. Uh, personally, got to see a lot of friends. And on the field, the Gauchos performed and got the results that they wanted. They made some adjustments and have been making adjustments the last couple of weeks, and I think we saw uh, the results of those adjustments in those three games against San Diego. Outscored the Tritons 25-10. to 10. That was a huge sweep to keep pace uh, with the top teams in the conference. And uh, you have a home series this weekend against UC Davis to continue to get back on track. Uh, in a healthy spot in the RPI, of course, 24, and tied for second in the conference. Five weeks to play, and... Some more big series coming up, but uh, important games. These next eight games that are coming up against low RPI teams. And I think if the Gauchos play the way they played this weekend with the amount of focus and intensity and intent and commitment, uh, they should have a good couple of weeks. So hope you enjoyed the podcast. If I saw you over the weekend, great to see you. Um, hope to see everybody again this weekend at Caesar Osaka Stadium starting on Friday. All right, have a great week. Go Gauchos. Gotcha.